Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. And by now, all teams are in training camp. And here we go with the 2021-17 game NFL season now underway with everyone in training camp. And with everyone in training camp, we thought it would be great to speak with Quincy Avery, who has become the quarterback coach of the Stars. Worked this offseason with Deshaun Watson, Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and others. Work with the top college quarterbacks in the game today. Men who will go on to become the top picks in the draft this upcoming April. Nobody has a better idea of who these quarterbacks are and what they will be than Quincy Avery, who now counts NFL superstars as his clients through his quarterback training program quarterback takeover he and his staff work with players at all levels they offer private training off-season training skill sharpening training Quincy Avery knows the quarterbacks and he will share what he knows about each one in this upcoming episode and as players report to training camp and we know that Aaron Rodgers has shown up in Green Bay and Deshaun Watson has shown up in Houston and we'll see how long that lasts one of the underlying stories is vaccinations and it's actually an even larger story than people are letting on and impacting teams in ways that people wouldn't expect. There are teams that are rounding out their rosters, calling agents and asking if their player is in shape, if he'd be willing to sign and if he's vaccinated. And there are calls that have gone out to players and teams who have found out they were not vaccinated. And the teams have said, thank you. We'll be in touch. And because the players were not vaccinated, they turned another direction. We're seeing it go on with coaches around the league. And by now, coaches who aren't vaccinated, who want to keep coaching, they have to get vaccinated. The Los Angeles Rams had a coach who up until training camp hadn't been vaccinated, sat down, spoke with them, said, we really want you to be a part of this team this year. The assistant coach agreed to get vaccinated on the eve of training camp. And on and on this goes as one of the stories of the season with 14 NFL staff members and six players already having tested positive as of the time that we're taping this on Tuesday morning early, even though they'd been vaccinated. So as much as COVID was a story in the 2020 season, it continues to just go on and be a story in the 2021 season, just as it's a story all across society itself. The other story as we open training camp will be the story of contract extensions that are handed out here, I think, in the coming days and weeks. We've already seen a handful of players land big money contract extensions. Sam Hubbard in Cincinnati, Jonathan Allen in Washington, Fred Warner in San Francisco. And I think in the coming days, Maybe by the time this podcast is out, we'll see another contract extension for Darius Leonard in Indianapolis and more aside from that. This is the time when players like to do it because before they put their bodies at risk, if they have earned their money, might as well lock it down right now. And I think we'll see more extensions here in the days and weeks to come. And some of those extensions that could be coming in time to the quarterbacks. Again, nobody knows quarterbacks 
better than Quincy Avery. And again, with him working directly with people who will be in the headlines this summer, like Deshaun Watson, Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, we figured it would be a great time to sit back with the man who founded Quarterback Takeover, a man with a better pulse of quarterbacks than anybody else, the great Quincy Avery. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. So tell me, who is Quincy Avery? And why people should care about Quincy Avery, like I do. Uh, Quincy Avery is a quarterback instructor to the best quarterbacks in the world with an aim and a goal to make them a little bit better. Um, So I've been fortunate enough to work with some really great quarterbacks. Uh, A lot of quarterbacks are currently in the NFL now who have been really successful. And I, I plan on being able to continue to help those guys succeed. And I'm, I'm helping a younger generation of quarterbacks who are currently in college now. um, And they'll soon soon be the face of the NFL in in a, a few short years. So, um, I, I've really had a unique opportunity to be at the forefront of, of the quarterback position in its changing landscape. And we're going to get to the guys that you work with in the pros in a moment, just to get the Quincy Avery scouting report of what we're going to see from them this season. But who are those guys at the college level that are going to turn in to the faces of the NFL that you've worked with? Malik Willis is really special. Um, I know people are starting to talk about him now, but he does some things in a way that I've never seen them done. And I've seen like all the the great quarterbacks that we're talking about like up close. Like I saw Pat Mahomes before his last season at Texas Tech. I see Malik Willis now and the things that he's doing are more shocking to me than anything I saw Mahomes do at that age. Um, I've got CJ Stroud who's at Ohio State. He's going to be special. Uh, Emory Jones, University of Florida, Derek King, um, Sean Clifford, who I think is going to have a, a really good year. And then and then somebody who no one's talking about right now, who I think is going to go late first round, Anthony Brown out of uh, Oregon. He He's somebody that's off the radar, but he's going to be special. And Anthony Brown, you think, is going to turn into a first round pick? He's that talented. Like, he can manipulate the football 
in ways that are, are really unique. I'm I'm shocked that he didn't play all season at Oregon last year, but I think he got on the field late and people were like, oh, um, he, he really is dynamic. And he can also do some stuff with his legs that, that, that strikes people. and It's going to allow him to be really successful. And I want to go back to Malik Willis a moment, who is the quarterback at Liberty, right? Yes, sir. Can a quarterback at Liberty make that jump and become that good, that effective, and be the next Patrick Mahomes-like guy that you've already compared him to? Yeah, I mean, the school, I don't think it matters as much. It's just like, do you have the talent? Do you have the ability to make decisions? He's got a really good coaching staff there who put him in positions to make all the throws. And, and he did it at Liberty, and he did it against teams like Virginia Tech, where the talent on his team was not on par with the guys that they were going against. And he brought his team to a level where they were able to win that football game. And it is because he did all the things necessary, like, doesn't matter who's around him. And that's what happens if you get drafted really early in the NFL. You're going to go on a team that might not have the things around you for you to be successful right away, but he's going to be able to do special things both from the pocket and outside the pocket, creating with his legs. Um, so he, he's he's going to be able to do everything that you're going to ask a quarterback to do in 2021. And Quincy, there aren't a lot of people who know these quarterbacks the way that you do, and there doesn't seem to be a universal number one quarterback prospect going into this season. Who would you rank in your mind, being that you know these guys as well, if not better than anybody, as the number one quarterback college prospect going into this season? I think prospect-wise, it's going to be – people are going to talk about Spencer Rattler a lot right now because he's going to be really successful at Oklahoma. He has all the tools. Like, the the throws that they're asking to make, like we've seen Kyler do it, we've seen Baker do it, and he's really, really accurate. Um, We saw Jalen do it. He's really accurate in the same light. And then he's also has a athleticism and he, his arms is going to be a little bit stronger than Sam Howell. He's going to test better. He's going to have some of those, the metrics that people are looking for. Sam is going to be up there and then Malik. So those are the three. I think that the order right now is just like I said, it Malik. I mean, Spencer, Sam, then Malik, but I think things are going to change throughout the season. I really think that, Malik has the opportunity to be the first overall pick next year. Wow. I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know much about Malik Willis until you mentioned him here and addressed his talents. I didn't know much about him. Yeah, he is. It is. It'll take your breath away. Like he trained last year with Trey Lance, Trey Lance, Jamie Newman. He came out to draft prep. Like he did a day or two. And, and Trey was like, I've, I've never seen, he stopped every got done. Like I've never seen anybody throw football that way. Like the RPMs, the velocity, like all those things, it caught somebody who went third in the NFL draft. Like, wow, that's special. So uh, I think that the scouts are going to see it the same way. You bring up Trey Lance. You obviously worked with him. You worked with Justin Fields. You've worked with Jordan Love, Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins. Who am I forgetting at the NFL level before I ask you to give me a synopsis of what we're going to get out of these guys this season? You got Jalen Hurts, who I spent a lot of time with. Um, this this all season, then I did his his pre draft work, uh, and then Tyrod Taylor, who's now with the Houston Texans, who we spend a lot of time together. Those are those are the guys that. So let me ask this: let, let Let's start with Jalen Hurts, who's poised to be the guy in Philadelphia. What do you expect out of Jalen Hurts this year? I'm really excited for him because he's going into an offense that I think that he has a pretty good grasp of early, and they throw a lot of different things at you in that offense. Like you're responsible for a lot, but it's going to help him out because. Jalen's such a student of the game, the preparation that he puts in going in week to week, 
all, all the answers that they give you or that they're going to give him with the Eagles now is going to put him in a position where he just has to play fast because the decisions are already made for him. Like they do the work early pre-snap. They do a lot of things. And then he just gets to go out there and play ball because he's done so much in terms of preparing throughout, throughout the week. That's going to allow him to be really successful. Um, but I, I'm excited for him because he, he has a team like this is his team. Now people are going to look at him and expect him to run the show and he's got the full support of the locker room. What are we going to see this season from Dwayne Haskins? Another Quincy Avery pupil. I really, yeah, I, I really, I mean, there's going to be opportunity. I, I think it's going to be an opportunity for him to play in some games just by, you know, how Ben's been playing. He gets banged up a lot. And, and when he gets an opportunity to the talent, anybody who's seen Dwayne, there's never going to be a question like, is he talented enough to play in the NFL? Because that's obvious. It's like, is he going to get in the room, do all the right things there? And, and I hope he, he's able to do those things because if people can see the things that he can do, um, like Ben was like, he can throw it through it, <laughs> throw it through the, the washer without getting wet. Like he has those the capabilities there. It's just the mental stuff. Like, can he do all the little things right? And I think that he's maturing and he's in a spot where he's going to be able to do those things. You mentioned Tyrod Taylor. What do we got there? He's taking over a team um, that needs somebody to be a new general, right? They they need somebody to steady the ship. And I think he's going to be able to do all those things. They got a really veteran team. They got a bunch of old guys. Like, he just got to be able to, to take completions. Like he's always done. He's not going to make a lot of turnovers. He's going to add a dynamic with his legs. He's going to He's going to create a situation where they're going to be able to win a few games. And that's, Really all you can ask with the roster that they have. I've always thought Tyrod Taylor is underrated. He's never really gotten the chance that he should have. Something has always happened. He's gotten hurt. There's been a young quarterback that's played. It's just he's had terrible luck through his NFL career in terms of getting his big opportunity, Quincy. And when he got his big, like an opportunity in Buffalo, he did really well. They were 6-2, and two, like they're training in the right direction. And then for some strange reason, they put Nate Peterman in. But when, when he's been given the opportunity to play, he does a really good job. Like, he's a good quarterback who can win you games. He doesn't make any mistakes. He has a good completion percentage, and he's going to get you yards with his legs. Like, people around the NFL don't realize that yards are yards no matter how you get them, right, whether you're it's on, with your legs or throwing the football. But he always gets his team down the field, and they do a really good job. So I, I wish that people respected the things he did more few other quarterbacks you have some obviously very much in the headlines but give me an idea of Trey Lance and what 49ers fans are going to see from him the 49ers got the perfect quarterback for their system right Trey is now he's gonna really stress teams out he's so athletic as we all saw like him running over people um at NDSU like he's just running through people running around them running 21.9 miles per hour but he's the biggest student of the game that I've ever worked with in terms of his, his mental preparation, like his ability to understand what people are doing, his X and O's knowledge. Like they do a great job preparing him um, at NDSU, but that's going to allow Kyle Shanahan to give him the full playbook way earlier than people can anticipate. And if Kyle Shanahan has the ability to give him that much, they're going to be able to put people in really bad situations because Trey can make all the throws. And then the things that you can do with your legs there, people had a hard enough time stopping them with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
you got somebody with a bigger arm, more accurate, and now more athletic, they're going to have a really tough time being able to contain it. That's why they took him. That's exactly <laughs> why they took him because you could take Mac Jones and other teams can run your offense, run them. Nobody around the league is going to be able to run what the 49ers are going to run when Trey Lance takes over a quarterback. You're not going to be able to get enough guys in the box. You're not going to be able to stop the run. You're going to have such a tough time with your backside defensive end. And then Kyle Shanahan starts doing stuff where he's running outside zone action one way and they're throwing drift on the backside. Like people are going to be like their head is going to be spinning. Um, those curl flat defenders are going to just have a tough time with all the things that Kyle Shanahan does. What about Trey Lance's accuracy? Because that was the one not coming out on him that he completed under 60% of his passes, not always accurate. How will that hold up in the NFL, Quincy? So, well, there's a couple things. One, could he have been more accurate? Yes, he could have, right? There's some things fundamentally that I think we fixed and is going to allow Trey to be even more accurate. But the game that he was playing at the college level wasn't the game that a lot of other guys are. He wasn't running a bunch of RPOs, throwing a bunch of bubbles, throwing a bunch of like five-yard checkdowns. He had back to the back to the defense, full play action. He's driving the ball down the field. And then when you're playing at that level, like, yeah, his teammates were better than the, than the guys they're playing against. But he doesn't have guys at Alabama when you're playing against all these other guys who guys are wide open and they're making catches outside of their body, body radius. Like, those are things that people don't think about when they talk about accuracy. Like, yeah, he, he should be more accurate, and he will be. But he also didn't have the guys around him that allowed some of the catches that might be catches at bigger schools with a little more talent around you. Those weren't catches, Frank. I know that they went back and forth, the Niners did, with that pick. So it sounds like you believe they made the right pick at that spot by taking Trey Lance. Yeah, and it was interesting. I got to talk to John Lynch maybe a week before the draft, and we got to talk a lot about Trey and just who he was as a person. Um, and I, I'm really convinced that the athleticism, all those things are great, like who he is as a football player. But the person that Trey is, is going to transform an organization. Like, you love Trey Lance. You want him to be your teammate. You want to play hard for him. Like, he's – like, he's one of – Trey Lance is one of the best people out there. I think ultimately that's what they fell in love with at the end. The intangibles, the leader and man that he is – and the type of guy he will be for that organization going forward. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's had any experience around Trey Lance absolutely loves him as a person. How about Justin Fields? What are we going to see from him, Quincy? Justin's going in a really good spot. He doesn't have to start right away, right? He gets to learn from Andy Dalton. And everybody who's ever been in a who in quarterback's room with Andy Dalton talks about how great of a teammate he is. Like, he's been helping Justin in ways that a lot of other guys in that situation wouldn't. Um, been giving him a lot of knowledge. And then Justin is as physically gifted as ever. And I was so shocked by some of the knocks on him going to the draft, like his work ethic, how much he loves football. Justin is one of the most fierce competitors that I've ever been around. And he's not only a fierce competitor, but he's willing to learn from guys he's competing with. It was cool to have him, Jordan Love, Deshaun at a workout and just seeing, uh, just seeing Justin pick Deshaun's brain. Like, okay, how do you use that? When did you use that? How did this come up? Like, he's a student of the game. Um, he, I mean, we see the, the things that he does. He's big. He's strong. Like, he, he can do everything with the football. And he's also somebody that guys will love in a locker room. Like, he's quiet, and that, I think, is what kind of people were nervous about. But once you get to know him, he's somebody that can lead a team 
Um, and we saw what he did at Ohio State. You brought up Jordan Love and Deshaun Watson, Quincy, and those are two quarterbacks I want to hit on. If Jordan Love is the Packers quarterback at some point, and it looks like it could be as early as next season, how is he going to fare, Quincy, and what are we going to see? I, I think that Jordan is going to be solid. Now, uh, people are going to look at him like second-year quarterback. He should be doing the things that all the other second-year guys were. And I, I think that's a bit of unfair expectation. He's someone who didn't get the opportunity to do any OTAs the year prior, um, and he didn't take any snaps really in practice and wasn't dressed for a game. So I think we have to look at him like a rookie quarterback and have those level expectations. But he's very, very accurate. He throws a ball with trajectory as well as anybody I've ever seen. So those balls that get up and down, layer over a linebacker, he can push the ball down the field. And I think that that's, that's going to be to his advantage. But I, I think that what's going to allow him to be successful throughout his career is that he doesn't get caught up in all the noise. Like he doesn't get caught up in people talking about Aaron Rodgers. That, those things aren't going to throw him off, right? He's going to be able to play his game because – if you're trying to play to the level of expectations that they had for Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be nearly impossible to do. But he's going to be able to be himself and and be able to win some games, right? And it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want people to expect that, but he's going to be really successful. I was going to ask you that because when his turn comes, and it certainly looks like that could be as early as next season, how does he handle being that guy and blocking out all the noise, Quincy? he got a really strong mindset. Right. And he's had to go through a lot of things like he did it, the pre-draft process. This, of course, is a whole new level. But the way that he looks at things like all, all he cares about is like the work that he's doing that day. Like it's not about the, all the other stuff. He's not worried about what everybody else is doing. Like when I was talking to him, he was like, I just want to understand what's going on. So he knows the level of expectations and he wants to do the work. Like he's going to go in every day and do everything that you should do in terms of like being prepared. Um, and, and doing the work in practice, right? And that's all you can ask for a young guy like that, especially for somebody that talented. And with the arm that strong, that's going to be able to cut through the wind, the bad weather conditions that they're going to have late in the season, and, and allow them to make a playoff playoff push in the, in the NFC North. But to your point, he is like a rookie quarterback. And I remember when he was coming in, he didn't even know what a hard count is. And Aaron Rodgers is the master of the hard count. And Jordan Love is still picking up the nuances of the game that are still brand new to him, which is going to result, I believe, in a big learning curve as talented as he is. He's never taken a snap in the NFL. <laughs> no preseason, no. He just doesn't have – there's nothing for him to, like, draw on. Like, you need experiences to truly be confident. Like, you've had to have done something to be like, I'm confident when I go out there and I take this snap. And I understand what's going on. So he doesn't have anything to draw back on in that way. So people are going to have to, like, give him time. And the coaches are going to have to do things that allow him to be They're going to have to do a lot more for him than they had to do for him. And I think they understand that. But he has a great coach who does a really good job in terms of scheming things up. That are, that's going to get some stuff open. And if he finds early completions, early in the season, that's going to allow him to have some confident, confidence throughout the year. And he'll do really well. Now, you mentioned that Tyrod Taylor is taking over a team in Houston. And you obviously work very closely with Deshaun Watson. I, I really anticipate that he gets traded. This is just me talking with no – I anticipate that Deshaun gets traded before Sunday. Before this Sunday? That's what I think. 
you know his agent as well as anybody, right? I, I don't know how people would feel about him going. Like, as I've never seen one of his clients not go to camp, like not report. I don't think that that would be what the organization didn't want. So my thought is by this Sunday, Deshaun Watson is not a Houston Texan. Um, I, I just don't think it bodes well for their organization for when their quarterbacks report this Sunday for Deshaun to be there. And I'm not sure if he'll be there or if he won't. Um, but I just think that the thought of that happening would really be like, all right, we, we got to make some moves now. You just made my head spin because we're recording this Friday midday and you're telling me that you think, whatever that's worth, that Deshaun gets traded by Sunday, that 48 <laughs> hours from now. Yeah, I think I think that it can happen. Um, I think that there's – I know that there's teams out there who want him. So do I. Even if he's not traded by Sunday – which, again, we'll see when we run this podcast on Monday or Tuesday, you think it's only a matter of time before he's traded? I'm 100% sure he'll be traded at some point in the coming future. Um, I think the Texans have made the decision to move on. So he didn't want to be there. They're ready to move on. All they want is fair market value for him, and, and they'll get a lot. And if and when he is traded – what do you expect to see of Deshaun Watson when he resumes his career in a city near you? City near me, huh? Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, city near whoever. Yeah, we're just talking, Quincy. Um, this is the best I've ever seen Deshaun look in terms of throwing the football, um, in shape, like his preparation for a season. And I've been with Deshaun every offseason since his junior year in high school. He. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think you could argue that he is the best quarterback in the NFL. The things that he did with the crew that, that was with him last year in Houston was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and he, to me, is the best quarterback in the game right now. And I know that could be argued, but I think if you switch his situation with anybody else's, I'm not sure if anybody would be as successful as he just was. He's going to rip the NFL up, and he's a man on a mission. You told me that you've never seen him look better. How do you think he's handled all these allegations and con that have swirled around? Because it's it's got to be really hard to compartmentalize and focus on your football future. Well, there's so much crap flying around out there. You got to be a mentally tough individual, like really mentally strong. And Deshaun's been through a lot of things throughout his life. Like I think it's been well documented, but he's a mentally tough person. And that is going to allow him that has allowed him to this point be in the headspace where he's like, all right, well, at least let me go work on football. Well, all these other things are going around. That's the one thing that can be steady. And like, he could be like, all right, I'm gonna go put the work in. And he's, and that's probably what's allowed him to do all the things that he's done in terms of working out to get him to the point where he's at right now. Like I've never seen somebody more focused. Like when I get my opportunity to get on the field on Sundays this season, I'm going to show everybody exactly who I am. Like, he's going to remind some folks, like, oh, oh, that's Deshaun Watson. And do you think we'll see him on the field this season? How soon? Any read there? Because, again, we're in an area where everybody's wondering what's going to happen with him and how this is going to turn out. I turn to you. I anticipate he'll be playing uh, in the NFL this year. And putting on a show. <laughs> it's going to be a, a real show that people are going to be happy to watch. Now, a couple things before I let you go here, Quincy. Number one, I think some people wouldn't know the road that you've traveled and how you have been able to get to the spot that you did. But back in 2013, Ohio State 
You're coaching there. You had no money to your name. You're sleeping in your car. You're coaching your butt off. How do you get from sleeping in your car with no money to being the quarterback of to being the quarterback coach of some of the great stars in the game today and the future stars of the game? Yeah, it was that was a wild time for me. I was staying in my car. Trent Dilford told us, let's go to dinner. And I couldn't go because I was afraid that I'd have to pay for my own meal. I was just fortunate enough to really start training some really talented individuals like Joshua Dodds with the Steelers and Deshaun Watson. And and I just was able to help them enough that they trusted me to take me on a journey with them, to keep keep working with them, even though they had the opportunity to work with guys with bigger names or bigger platforms at the time because they thought I was the best person um, for the job. And that's allowed me to just continue to grow continue to build and just put one foot in front of the other and and see a, a business turn into something really special and now i'm probably the biggest quarterback training company in in the country and we're going to continue to continue to grow and continue to help guys be the best version of themselves the field and you've sent 140 quarterbacks to college on scholarships is that accurate quincy yeah we we've been fortunate to help help a lot of guys get college educations and you sent a number of players to the NFL. Yes. And so do you want to continue on this path or would coaching in the NFL for a team ever interest you? No, I actually been reached out about taking a position with the team. And I don't, that doesn't allow me to help out guys in the way that I would like to help them out. Right? I want to be able to, not that I hope that anybody ever has to go through like what Deshaun had to go through, but if I was a coach for team I wouldn't be able to be there for them in the way that I am now right I've been able to help guys deal with everything on and off the field and I get to be like a big brother to a lot of these guys and I think that 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 fulfills me far more than coaching for an NFL team it's not about wins and losses for me it's about helping guys be the best version of themselves and the other thing that's interesting to me about you aside from all the guys you work with aside from all you've overcome is that you grew up in South Minneapolis in the neighborhood in which George Floyd was killed so when you saw all that unfold, what did that do to your thinking? How did that make you feel? And how has that impacted the man you are today, Quincy? Yeah, he grew. He, he was killed 10 blocks away from, from where I grew up and at a, at a corner store that I frequented throughout my life. I mean, it wasn't shocking that it happened in Minnesota because of the systemic issues there. But um, it, it was frustrating, as I think that people were all aware of. But it... it shed light on a situation I think that everybody needs to fix. And I was really, really thankful that a lot of the guys in the NFL, I feel like, stepped up in a way that they should have. And I hope that um, we continue to see change. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to kind of help out a lot of black quarterbacks, right? And I feel like those guys can be individuals who really um, bring change to our country because people listen to them. They look up to them. Um, those are the guys that people really care about. You're also around the league when we look across that, whether it's your influence, whether we're at a different place in society, you're seeing black quarterbacks basically rise to the forefront, right? Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, the young court, the young college quarterbacks that you're tutoring to become the next faces of this game. Why the shift now? Why hasn't this happened? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what's the difference? 
they're getting they're getting more opportunities because people need athletic quarterbacks, right? So guys who would have traditionally been like, hey, you're really athletic, you're the best athlete on the team, go play running back, go play wide receiver, go play safety. Those guys, those guys now at a young age are told, no, you're the quarterback. Like we're gonna teach you, and they're getting the opportunity and exposed to really good quarterback trainers. Like there's quarterback trainers all over the country who are able to help these guys grow and they're not doing it at a outlandish price. It's no longer like a barrier to entry that you need in, in the way that those Southern California quarterbacks who all were tall, white, and came from affluent families, those barriers are not there anymore. So every quarterback has an opportunity to get the the knowledge and the coaching and the opportunity to be that guy. And then um, we got more black people in coaching positions. And as, as that happens, the black quarterbacks are just going to get continue to get more continue to get more opportunities. It's an incredible development, and you've done an incredible job, Quincy, with your growth of these quarterbacks. And I appreciate you taking some time today to fill us in on what we may see for some of these quarterbacks, your guys, this upcoming season. Uh, I appreciate you taking on the role of NFL Insider and having Deshaun Watson traded by Sunday as we tape this on midday Friday. We'll see how that prediction works out. We'll see whether you should stick to tutoring quarterbacks or take over my job and we'll be talking again and i thank you very much for the time today truly enjoyed it truly appreciate you and there is quincy avery how about that some really interesting insights about a man who knows as much about quarterbacks as anyone around and can see what's coming in the draft this upcoming april as well as future nfl seasons he knows these quarterbacks he knows what he's looking at and it was an honor to have on Quincy Avery today. Also should point out, it was an honor last week to get a call to go track lines at Cove City Sound Studios with my friend Richie Kanata and his assistant, John, for an upcoming episode on January 2nd of The Simpsons. Got a call that The Simpsons, huge fan of the show, wanted me to appear in an upcoming episode. And so they're going to be including me in a scene with Marge and Mathers and everybody else. And I went to track a couple of lines, a few lines at the studio where I actually spent three days tracking my book a few years back. This was much easier. It was incredible. Had to read my lines in all different inflections and ways so that um, Marge and Grayson Mathers would be able to re react to my lines. But January 2nd, put it down, week 18, after the Fox doubleheader, I'll be appearing on The Simpsons. That may be a career highlight, a career highlight. Nothing ever has topped that. Well, again, if I had ever been nominated for an Emmy Award, maybe that nomination would have rivaled appearing on The Simpsons, but no nomination. So, again, we'll continue to take the credits in The Simpsons. Also. Want to express my condolences to the Knapp family. Last week, we lost a great NFL assistant coach, Greg Knapp, who had spent 27 seasons in the NFL. And I got to know him a little bit when he was in Atlanta, when he was in Denver. He's worked with a ton of quarterbacks, all of whom had tremendous respect. He would have done a great job in New York with the Jets and Zach Wilson. And he was tragically struck down in California a couple of weekends back by what I was told was a young teenager who basically took 
his or her, his or her eyes off the road. I don't know the identity of the person, but I was told there was a teenager who was texting and unbelievably, incredibly, tragically hit Greg Knapp, the great man, and cost him his life. And it's just senseless and tragic. Um, and I don't know what to take out of it other than we're going to miss him and think about him this season. And I feel for his family and three daughters. We've lost another great assistant NFL coach, just as we lost earlier this offseason, Jim Fossil, Alex Gibbs, now Greg Knapp. So my condolences to the entire Knapp family. On a separate note, I do want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me and putting this podcast together. I want to thank Quincy Avery again for shedding such insight on the quarterbacks in the game today. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Before we wrap things up, I also want to quickly tell you about another ESPN podcast, The Right Time with Bomani Jones, hosted by Bomani Jones. It's a podcast that has hot takes, meaningful discussion, and great guests. And if you're like me, once a week just isn't enough Bomani, so the podcast is released three times a week. Make sure you're downloading and following The Right Time with Bomani Jones wherever you get your podcast. Also, relive one of the greatest icons and most successful teams in sports history, Michael Jordan, and the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. Stream the Emmy and NAACP Image Award-winning series, The Last Dance on ESPN+. Plus. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe.